0: Hi guys, welcome to Artists with The Craft of Living. One of the central preoccupation on this channel is the question of happiness. Obviously, when you talk about the art of living and the craft of living, then the question of human flourishing, what it is and to what extent we can actually achieve it, would be one of those central concerns. Now, when you read all the many works and literature that is out there on this topic, and there's just so many books that came out in, in just recent years, Uh, What I've really detected, or not detected, but more like extracted from that literature, is that there are two basic, well, baselines when it comes to thinking about happiness. And what do I mean by these baselines? Well, when you read, for instance, uh, the work of Sonia Lyubomirsky, she, she suggests that part of what contributes to our experience of happiness and the degree to which we can actually be fully happy in our lives is really predetermined to a certain extent by our psychological and genetic makeup. Now, it doesn't mean that one cannot grow beyond that, beyond these strictures of nature and kind of grow beyond that. But it seems to be the case generally with people when they have some Euphoric experiences and good experiences when they really feel happy because something new happened in their lives that after a while, you know, people come down to this kind of baseline, right? It kind of things sort of even out after a while. Now, again, I don't want this to be understood in any deterministic way, meaning that people somehow cannot go beyond what their psychological makeup develops them or not develops them, but kind of limits them to experience or determines them to experience or sets them up in a way in life. Now, I think we can go beyond this, right? And this is a different topic. But generally, generally, it is uh, our... Makeup, our genetics, nature factor is an important factor. Of course, there's also environmental factors and then actually concrete practices that you do where you sort of expand some of those natural limitations. In any case, so that would be the first sort of baseline that we should keep in mind when we think about happiness and the extent of happiness we can experience in life. The second one is a problem that many thinkers have talked about and written about, uh, way back, I believe we find this in the scriptures, certainly some of the ancient philosophers, again, the Stoics talked about quite a bit about this up until modern philosophy and thinkers such as Søren Kierkegaard, who talk about this problem of hedonic adaptation, meaning that generally in life, when we have some good experiences, experiences, some pleasurable experiences, when we have some, an amount of happiness with something new that we have acquired, that after a while we get adapted to that, right? The pleasure sort of principle drives us forward to achieve things, to acquire things. Sometimes that is understood in material terms, And sometimes simply in terms of certain life goals, right? You work towards certain goals and you think that once you achieve them, you're going to have this great happiness that stands there and remains forever. As a matter of fact, I think this kind of deceptive promise is what you usually have in a lot of this... Uh, sort of motivational speakers, like who come and tell you, you know, whatever your dream is, what is your dream, what is your dream, and then and then you say, well, I wanna, I wanna have a million dollars by the age of third age of thirty. I wanna have this. I wanna have that, and then they tell you go for it, right? Because the idea is that in achieving those goals, somehow you will have this happiness. And I think this is fallacious uh, in, in two ways. First of all, you can like achieving goals is almost like taking a letter and putting that letter against the wall, and you climb this letter for 10, 20 years, and then you come to the top, and then you realize, man, no, I put the letter against the wrong wall. I mean, this isn't really what I thought it would be. Or you climb the ladder, you really have a sense of achievement, you're really happy that you have this thing, and then after a while, it becomes kind of normal, right? The problem of hedonic adaptation. And that is why the Stoics, they really believe that this Proclivity of humans to get easily used to things, to get very easily, you know, uh, yeah, used to things where things become normal, they become ordinary, that that is one of the great sources of misery we have in life. And so they developed all of these strategies, you know, how to develop desires and pleasures, not for things that we uh, don't have but for the things we already have but again that is a topic for another another time uh, I just wanted to highlight this idea of hedonic adaptation because it is an important thing to keep in mind uh, Thinkers such as Soren Kierkegaard uh, Would he, he wrote a lot about this right And especially when he writes about this the different life stages and these different levels of existence which he describes, and the lowest of them being the aesthetic stage, so-called aesthetic stage, which is actually, uh, again, uh, defined and characterized by this presence and pursue of the hedonic treadmill, like the pleasure principle. You don't even realize how boring your life is you don't even realize how empty you actually are and you're trying to hide this misery from yourself and from others by going after one pleasure and then boredom sets in and then you go after another pleasure and pleasure and pleasure and pleasure and pleasure and that actually doesn't live lead to a fulfilling life now of course there are people throughout history who have questioned this When you, for instance, when you read uh, Plato's dialogue *The Gorgias*, you have this guy by the name Callicles, who actually believes exactly the opposite. And whatever Socrates tries to tell him, he rebuffs him and rejects him, basically uh, defending and articulating and promoting a hedonistic lifestyle as the one that leads to fulfillment. In any case, this idea of hedonic adaptation, to come back to my original point, is this second baseline that we experience, where things that we thought to be so great and so wonderful, after a while, they become very ordinary. And so this is the one thing that I keep thinking about during this corona pandemic. Um, It is, I have to admit, very hard for me to talk about positive lessons that one can derive in the context of a pandemic because talking about positive outcomes and good lessons and uh, beneficial sort of uh, insights one can gain from that experience is as if spitting into the face of people who have suffered tremendously uh, in terms of loss of loved ones and loss of um, economic security and and beyond. I mean, so it's, I'm very reticent to talk about positive outcomes or positive results of the Corona pandemic, but there is one thing with, with certain qualifications, one positive thing That I have personally derived from this. And it connects with this idea of baseline happiness and the second type of baseline that is connected with hedonic adaptation. And it is the following: that you know, I would give everything now, right? Like most of you, to be able to do, to be able to do some things that I took for granted in the past. Just the normal experience of standing in line in a a supermarket or in any store, being able to stand there without any masks, without, you know, observing any social distancing would be such a wonderful thing, right? Waiting in line in a coffee shop, trying to find a, a nice table where I can read my book and even if it's too loud around me and I cannot concentrate things that would... Sometimes annoy me, to be quite honest, right? Now I would give like not everything, but I would be so happy to have these ordinary experiences. And this reminds me, actually, of an interview. I listened to a podcast once where I believe it was Sam, Sam Harris had an interview with Peter Atiyah, uh, Dr. Peter Atier, And they were talking about, it was a conversation about mindfulness and how we usually have these negative emotions and how very often the negative emotions we have, have a very short uh, half-life. And uh, if we just would observe them, they would easily just, they would just disappear instead of us being reactive and kind of, yeah, acting out of that state of agitation, for example. And in the context of that conversation, they, uh mentioned, I believe it was Sam Harris who mentioned the following example. He stated the following example. He said, think about something that really annoys you, right? Like being in in traffic, and there's traffic congestion, rush hour, and you're kind of late, and you know the traffic is not moving, and you feel uncomfortable and nervous and angry, and you see people kind of cutting into the line in front of you trying sort of to uh, cheat, if I can say so, this traffic jam in a way by going on the shoulder and all of this, like all the thing that really annoys you, just think about that moment. And then think about the fact that there very well might come a time in your life where you would give everything to be able to be in this traffic jam, Right. Imagine that you, for example, uh, become disabled or you become old and unable to drive anymore. How much you would give actually to be in that circumstance again. And so this is then when I think about COVID, right? The COVID pandemic. It seems to me that what it has achieved in my life and in the lives of many is that we experienced a certain kind of a reset right? Things that we had, things that we took for granted, things that were so ordinary and so annoying, now almost have become an object of our desire, if we could only have that back again. So, uh, in other words, COVID pandemic as a hedonic reset is something that just struck me as being unbelievably true. And obviously, someone who is taking guidance from the Bible and scriptures, I'm reminded of Paul's verse in First Thessalonians chapter 5, you know, to give thanks in everything. And I've been, you know, sometimes people quote this in a way that is frankly annoying. It's kind of, um, you know, using it as a way to minimize difficult moments or, I don't know, sometimes it's kind of a little bit uh, I, I don't know, just the verse, the way it's being used sometimes, is not something that I find very encouraging or meaningful if it is used as a way to downplay uh, serious uh, suffering or negative experiences or kind of as a uh, way to bring people out of depressive feelings and so on and so forth. But on the other hand, Um, I think that that verse is actually so fundamentally essential to human existence. Because what this verse is actually about, it is a medicine, it is a therapy against this problem of human or hedonic adaptation, right? To be thankful in everything is actually to initiate you into a perceptive revolution, into a revolution of your perception, let me put it this way, into a ocular conversion. It's basically orienting you and reorienting you towards opening your eyes up and to start taking um not stop taking for granted things that you take for granted and realize that in the most ordinary experiences, right? Because the verse says, be thankful in everything. Right now, I am thankful that I'm able to speak. I'm thankful that I have this moment, that I can share with you these ideas, that I have this, uh, you know, it's not the perfect environment. I'm actually in a basement and there are kind of all kinds of things around me, but I am, I am, I should be able to give things to this moment, even if it's not perfect, it's not ideal, and perhaps, you know, I made this mistake or that mistake, but give things in everything is actually, again, a call towards a reorientation of our perceptive apparatus, right? To be able to discover, to, um, good things in in everything. Uh, but this is not just a statement, it really, really invites you to a certain kind of a practice, a certain kind of intentionality about this. And so just this morning I was sitting on a porch, it's a beautiful day today. Um, you know in the morning, in the morning it was about 70, 75 degrees, uh, birds are singing, the trees are in my backyard. And I'm sitting in this chair and I'm thinking right how can I How can I really, uh, really experience this moment in a meaningful way? How can I suck out the marrow, right, of that very moment and to be grateful and to be happy? And so, what I did, you know, I, I took every facet of my experience, every sort of phenomenological aspect of me sitting in that chair and thought of one or two opposites, right? Okay, beautiful day. It could have been like a nasty sort of storm outside. Uh, Trees behind my house. Well, I could be living next to a highway. I'm sitting in a chair. Well, um, perhaps if I was sick, I had some problems in my back or something, I would not be able to sit in this chair. So I actually went through all of these facets of that experience. And suddenly the ordinary act of sitting in a chair um, filtered through this exhortation to be thankful for everything really changed my consciousness and my appreciation of the present moment at that time. So this has been kind of a circuitous sort of thinking and reflection on the relationship between, you know, happiness and certain baselines associated with that. One of those being the baseline of hedonic adaptation how this con- uh, corona situation has led me to become aware of the many things i used to take for granted connecting it with this command in first thessalonians 5 and thinking of practices how i can actually start living differently how i can actually initiate into a set of reflections and thinking and exercises and using the words kind of ascesis of thanksgiving, ascesis having this idea of training and shaping of oneself, that has really stayed with me. So the corona pandemic as a, a time of hedonic resetting and leading me to a deep appreciation of existence, reminding me of those wonderful and important Commands that we find in scripture about being intentional about happiness. Well, this is something that came to my mind today and I thought of sharing it with you. Okay, I uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this uh, and stay strong and stay healthy in this time of the pandemic and blessings to all of you. Bye.